Welcome. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. I host a weekly radio show that gets turned into this podcast, the one you're listening to right now. If you're an early riser, you can listen live every Monday starting at 7 a.m. on WPRK 91.5 FM. It also streams on WPRK.org, or you can subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Regardless of where you listen, this show is about people from the Orlando area who are doing something neat. There are few neater than Emily Fontano. She is so funny, so real, so talented. To see her on stage or get to talk to her one-on-one is a treat, not a trick. This was recorded really close to Halloween, so that joke plays. For more on Emily and all of the other guests, please visit toacertaindegree.com. And now, on with the show. Summer Camp on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. That song was named Ghost Train. You could kind of hear it a little bit at the end, the ghost train coming through this week because it's nearly one of the spookiest holidays of the year, right up there with Arbor Day, Easter. Uh, There are several others. And so let me bring in my guest to help me out with some of those because she's so much better at improv than I am. Emily Fontano is here. Good morning, Emily. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. It's sincerely my pleasure. This is like the fourth time you've been on the show. I, know. I wouldn't wake up this early for anything or anybody else. I, Just so you know. I appreciate that. And like the fifth interview or conversation that we've had like professionally. Mm-hmm. We've had other conversations. Yeah. But professionally. Yeah. Yeah. Always professional. Yeah. No, we keep it professional. For sure. You and I. Oh, yeah. Not anybody else. Mm-mm. Like, I'm not this professional with anybody else. Never. Right. In fact, it's impressive how professional I can be in this setting. Around me. Because when I leave, I am, I mean, I'm off the rails. I'm completely amateur. Father's Day. Spookiest holiday. Oh, 100%. I mean, you're a dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Yeah, Yikes. You, you just, you're, you're there, but you're really not. No. and Just like all fathers. Yep. <laughs> You're like a ghost yeah. in your own house. You matter, but not, you know. Not that much. No, not fully. You know, you come and go. Getting really deep. Wow, and okay, dark good morning. In the mornings. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, Emily has been here before as one half of Amanda and Emily from the podcast Amanda and Emily, We Have a Podcast. Yes. And from the show Amanda and Emily, We Have a Show. Mm-hmm. And incredibly funny. Oh, we're so lucky to have uh, you and the—I'm not sure—the vacuum cleaner that's going. Yes, in the background. I brought—I brought a vacuum cleaner. Thank you so much for uh-huh. cleaning. You're so responsible. Yeah, I just—I didn't tour. just bring the mechanism. I brought somebody to also to function the vacuum cleaner that's whilst nice. we had this time to talk. I find it adds a kind of comfort level to hear a vacuum cleaner or yeah. somebody cleaning dishes. In the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and also it's like having, you know, the uh, audio they talk about on the record player, having that little scratchy in the background makes right. it that much better. It makes it more authentic yeah. and, you know, yeah. organic. That's, yeah, exactly. I like yeah. everyone to feel as though th- their mother or their, their aunt is cleaning somewhere nearby. Or their dad. Mm, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky. All right. Well, thank you for being here uh, on this holiest of all hollows, all hallows, Eve. I don't know. Almost. So it's I, all hallows, Eve, Eve, Eve. 
Yeah, because it's Monday and um, Halloween is on Thursday. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things. Every time I think of Halloween, um, there was a song when I was in elementary school that helped you spell the word Halloween. Oh. And it's it's H-A-L-L-O-W-E-N spells Halloween. So that's what I think about every time I think about Halloween. Do you do that in your head every Mm -hmm. time? Yep. Do you turn lights on and off three times every time you go into a room? (laughs) No. Oh, okay. Uh, I do have stuff like that, though. Do you? Yeah. I always found it was interesting because I didn't identify with, like, doorknobs or lights and stuff, but there's definitely things. (laughs) Can you mention one other one just that we wouldn't be able to mess with you with, maybe? Uh, I think mine's more now. Now people are going to be like, well, that's not really a thing. Yeah. Mine's more like... um, uh, like if I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't trust <clears throat> signing into things or using passwords or like I, I'll re look at something or I'll delete the password and retype it out, delete the password, retype it out, delete the password, retype it out. Cause I don't trust that it's like really going in. Oh, because you can't see it. Cause you can't see it. But even when I can see it, sometimes I kind of go backwards and forwards. All right. <laughs> don't dwell on this. Okay, great. <laughs> Emily is here as part of the SAC management team, would you say? I don't know what you call it. I'm the artistic director. What yeah. is that? Yeah. Is that the management? artistic team? I can't know. But I'm like, I feel like I'm what party of role? one. How about this? What is the I role? I am the artistic so director understand? at SAC Comedy Lab. I uh, uh, do the scheduling mm-hmm. of the theater. So um, we have shows that run every Friday and Saturday that are kind of like our trademark shows. Your staples. Our staples. Yeah. Um, or your office depots. Our office depots. Yeah. Not Office Max. Don't don't what? get it twisted. What? <laughs> Who dares? <laughs> uh, so those kind of run themselves. But then anything external from our traditional shows, I uh, produce or write or create or um, help folks that come in as producers and help them get their show up and running and whatnot. I mean, I facilitate the creative element of the theater. That's amazing. So, <laughs> okay. But you haven't been doing that that long, so it just sounds like knowing you, hmm. having interviewed you professionally mm. several times now, that's right up your alley. That makes yes. sense. I couldn't think of, if I was going to come in and do a show, for example, yeah. I couldn't think of a better person to work with oh. than hmm. you in terms of getting it up and running, understanding the audience, understanding the uh, people who typically come into a sack show, and then having to... Uh, you know, in some cases, appeal to that audience if my sure. stuff is a little bit different. Yes. So that's well, neat. but we we value um, somebody like yourself, perhaps that might. Oh, <laughs> I hit the microphone. That's okay. Uh, that might have a different demographic or a different sure. group of people that might want to come because I'm constantly looking at um, ways that I can share the beauty of our theater with as many people in Central Florida and beyond as humanly possible. Yeah. And as well, you should, because it's uh, an amazing resource here Mm -hmm. um, and it's an amazing source of entertainment. Agreed. For little to no money, comparatively speaking. I think people don't realize. Yeah. Like for less than going to a movie at the Cobb Cinema directly next door to us, you could see a live show with actual human beings that has never happened before and will never happen again. So I just lost Cobb Cinema as a sponsor. (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, so, for example, uh, so you mentioned the Saturday or Friday Saturday shows. Yes. But you have also um, some of the shows that come up during the course of the week are the student mm-hmm. groups. We have shows five nights a week. Yeah. And so, uh, one of the things that SAC Comedy Lab does is teaches improv as well. It certainly does. Yeah. And then people that are graduates of our program are invited to audition for the theater. Um, and so, we have a Tuesday and a Wednesday night cast that kind of spawn from those auditions 
So, and then we have our main stage ensemble. So there's shows five nights a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm -hmm. And they start with our Tuesday, Wednesday ensembles, which are graduates of our program and kind of like the up and comers. And then our Thursday, Friday and Saturday nights are our main stage. So you have a lot of special events coming up for the holidays. We sure do. Uh, so Some I might say too many. Too many. Well, well, especially as the person in charge of all of them. Mm. Yeah, I would imagine sometimes <laughs> it seems like too many. But you actually have, has this been done before, an actual Christmas Day show? Christmas Day. Yeah. Sorry, I thought I saw that on the website. Yes. The, well, well, hold on a second. Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. You're talking about Christmas already? Yeah. Don't stress me out. Okay, I apologize. <laughs> there is no show on Thanksgiving. There's no show on Thanksgiving. There's no show on Christmas. I don't think. I thought I saw it on the calendar. Well. That's why I was. False advertising. Okay. So there's not. Let's talk about this week. Then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, jeez. So... <laughs> Nick. <laughs> so Halloween evening. Yes. You have a couple of shows. The Halloween Torture Show and Pepe's Truth or Dare Improv. Yes. So, so the torture show is kind of like the aggression, the aggressive, you know, if you're looking for that, uh, they do messed up things to each other. So like blindfolds stage. and walking over a bunch of mousetraps while they're doing a scene. Oh, fun. yeah. Very grown up. Um, yeah. Getting beat with pool noodles while they're doing scenes, um, getting hit with uh, like getting pinched with clothespins all over their bodies while yeah. they're doing scenes. So you keep saying they. I, this not is not me. one you participate in. No, yeah. very male focused. What? Would you believe that? No. No. Yeah, it's very. It's a very. Uh, uh, the, but there are women in it. So okay. there you have it. All right. But that's our torture show and the yeah. vampirizers. So we have this popular kind of team of three players that are doing the vampirizers, and they're going to kind of take over the torture show. They're very funny. And then, and then on, then right after that yes. is the Pepe's Truth or Dare show, which is, um, I'd say both of these shows are kind of adult content. It sounds like it. Tell I mean, your kids. Anybody knows Pepe. Yeah. And that starts at 930. So that's it's at really 930. well after children have gone to bed, if I understand correctly. I don't know what children do, but yeah. I apparently, I think that they go to bed at eight. At eight. All of them. Every single one. Everyone. Uh, so the Pepe Truth or Dare is more playful, and that's kind of like a party, and there'll be costumes and costume contests, and it's very fun. And that's one you typically take part in? That I will be in. Yeah. Always. It's my favorite show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And is Pepe taking some time off? I he sure I is. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to rest up. He's a busy, busy. He's had a lot going on Busy bee. Yeah. So kind of taking a peel back. And so um, on the 30th, I mean, on Halloween, that's the second to last show he'll be doing. And then on November 14th is the final Pepe show. It's going to be a big blowout. Okay. Yeah. But temporary blowout. Mm, no, yeah. I mean, it actually will be a blowout, but it won't be like a f goodbye for No, never goodbye forever. Okay. Just a goodbye for now. Got it. And then, uh, so you mentioned Lab Rats and Next Gen, but there's also a Punslinger show tomorrow night? Oh, there is, yeah. So tomorrow evening we have a nice double header. So it's going to be Punslingers at 7 p.m., which is really goofy dad jokes. You um, are competing. So you, as a guest, as one of the people in the audience, you can sign up and you can test your skills mm -hmm. at doing puns. And they run you through a series of pun kind of like games. And then there's an ultimate winner. That show is very fun. That yes. will also be costume heavy. And then following that will be our Lab Rats show. And this evening for the Lab Rats show, they're competing against each other. I think it's mythical characters against the 80s. So their costumes are going to be themed. Very cool. Mm -hmm. All right. And what is going on with Amanda and or Emily? Is it? Excuse is me, who? Amanda 
Ugh. And Emily. I'm just kidding. Uh, Amanda and Emily, we took a brief hiatus uh, from recording because our lives just both got crazy. Um, but now we've picked up, so we're recording now, and then we'll start releasing again in November. Oh, cool. Yeah. So yeah. we took a little jump off. We're writing new shows, so instead of doing the live Amanda and Emily show, that if anyone's ever seen it, it's called Amanda and Emily. We have a show, which is a combo of a podcast and a live improv show with music and all sorts of stuff. Um, we're kind of jumping away from that just so that we can produce new shows. So we have a couple of new shows that we're going to be putting up. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. And so for the podcast, what you do is typically on Facebook, other social media, you ask people for content for uh, to share stories about a particular topic. Yep. And so lately it's been stuff like... Pen pals. Yes. Uh, baking. Um, crafts. Uh, costumes. We find that we're on like 137 episodes and we really put ourselves in a position by having a topic every episode. Mm-hmm. So now Amanda and I will be contacting each other and saying things like, have we done pencils as a topic? You know, because we we have no there's idea number anymore. There's two. There's Ticonderoga. There's, yeah. Well, see, but you just started talking about pencils. Yeah. We find that we, at first we were so specific about things and we were like, oh, no one's going to be able to talk about that. Then we realized we could literally say anything. And, and people, people have, have an stories. opinion. People have an opinion, yeah. a point of view. So uh, now we've been taking some liberties with some of the topics. I mean, baking is... Pretty broad. Yeah, and neither of us can do it. So we're really reliant on people sending us information because neither one of us has any kind of baking background. Very nice. Do you have a baking background? Uh, I don't have any baking in my have background. Have you ever baked anything? Yes. Oh, what'd you bake? Uh, pork chop. <laughs> Wait, were you looking for more desserts? I mean, I guess, see, this is a great thing to come up. Yeah. I, I, I would assume mm-hmm. desserts. Yeah. But you do bake. You bake... All sorts of meats. You bake everything. Potatoes. You, you, I think once you put it in the oven... It's baking. That's baking. Yeah. That's where right? I do my bacon. In the oven? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Less messy. But does it get crispy? Yeah. It does. Yeah. You drain As you're cooking it, you drain the fat out, and then you put it back in, oh. and it gets super crispy. I don't like any cooking procedures that mean I have to check in. Throughout. Oh yeah, you so like set you got to check in there and you got to go in. Not remember it. Yeah. Yeah. That not, is not as good as I thought it would be. Like from a phrasing standpoint. <laughs> no, but see, so that's the whole template of our show. Okay. We great. we we need people to tell us, give us their thoughts. I would have never thought about baking a pork chop. I would have never known that people bake their bacon in an oven. That's why it's called bacon. That's not why it's called bacon. That is not at all why that it's called bacon. That is not why it's called bacon. Fine. Okay. Thought we were doing improv. Thought we were oh, doing some yes oh, and. Oh, you were no. doing oh, okay. Uh, wow. No, I'm just kidding. I appreciate you being here. Um, so that's all the plugs oh, yeah. for the show. So I now, think so. Now we're going to come back after oh. this next song and talk about you. Oh, okay. Is that okay? Are you still on board with that? I mean, I'm not sure what that necessarily entails. I'm just going to close so. the door and lock it just to make sure you're... Oh, we won't be able to hear the to vacuum. <laughs> All right, so I got another spooky song. Oh, okay. This is Ambulance LTD, (laughs) Primitive, The Way I Treat You. I see what you did. Yeah. Yeah, barely. Give it it a go. (laughs) I mean, there's only so much I can do (laughs) in terms of searching for words. I told you I know two Halloween songs. Okay, great. (laughs) 
<laughs> You'll hear that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. Today is the day you go into your podcast provider of choice and subscribe to this podcast and maybe even leave a rating or review. I know, this type of ask is the podcast equivalent of an NPR silent drive, but if you do this, Nick will thank you personally. He will bestow gifts on you. He will. Leave an honest rating or review and he will send you a typewritten letter with a bonus of some kind. Now back to the show. Ambulance LTD from their self-titled 2005 album. That was 2005? Primitive. It's 2019. No, no, no. I mean, it's just, it was a long time ago. Mm. I'm feeling the age of that song. How old were you in 2005? Fast. Guidance. <laughs> 32. You were in the age of Dodden? You 32? 32. Oh. God, think about it. You were living. You were living. I was livid. No, you were living. Oh, yeah. No, that's what I meant. <laughs> that was primitive the way I treat you. Mm-hmm. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. This is a special edition called Odd Numbers where I get to have very special guests back mm-hmm. because I adore them and there would had to be some way to bring them back. So the usual thing to do is an interview, but... I've talked to Emily Fontano so many times. Too many. Offline. Yes. Online. Yes. On the phone. No. We've never spoken on the phone. Well, through text messaging. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, does that count if you say Absolutely on the phone? Not. Does that mean? No, we've, we've, we've talked. We've texted. That's how you'd say okay, that. Okay, sorry. I, I'm not. I don't talk to, to any. I, I specifically do not talk to anybody on the phone. If I called you, would you let it go to voicemail? A hundred percent. Would you listen to that voicemail? I would look at the trans the transcription and say like glean from it what I needed. What if I sing on the voicemail? I mean that'd be great, but I'll probably never hear it. Oh. Sometimes I'll play them, but if I can like look at a few words in the get to the transcription, I'm like, okay, like, yeah. just send me a text. I don't know why you're calling. Yeah, anything can be discussed in a text. Everyone says, oh, it's impersonal. It's an, it, absolutely not. It cuts to the point. You have to be relatively efficient. Yeah, message because because voicemails people like. Hey, how yeah. are you? The first of all, they say, "Hey, it's me," and it's like, right? It's 2019. The number's there. I know who I it know. is. I'm yeah. actively avoiding you. It's so if you, the perfect world mm-hmm. voicemail, Emily Fontano. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. You know who this is? <laughs> you don't even have to say that. Okay. 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 Uh. Uh, perfect voicemail is the perfect voicemail would be don't leave a voicemail. Well, Just text okay, me. so a step down from that. But they're leaving one. You have to do such and such by such and such. Who, what, when, where, why? That's all I want. Okay. Yeah. Hey, we need you at this blank at this time, and the that you're doing this. N- not even just hey, uh, call me. <laughs> call me back. It's important. Although I hate that too. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. So should I say nine one one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because you and I. Hey, this is a nine one one type of situation. I'm trying to think of why you would have to send me a nine one. You know what I mean? Like nine one one would be like reserved for like close friend family. Like sure. something really bad's going on. They yeah. need you. Why would you be sending? Me well, you're my emergency <laughs> contact. Oh, whoa! You're in danger because. I don't answer the phone. <laughs> Shoot. So if you're bleeding out somewhere, this is gonna they're be calling me. I'm, I'm, it's like, nope, straight to the VM. Emily Fontano, mm-hmm. actor? 
I guess. Sure. Singer? Yeah, for sure. That. Improvisational artist? Okay. Yes. You have to admit to some of these things. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. Some definitely point. a singer, definitely an improv performer. Oh, improv performer. Actor always seems like I do scripted work, which I, okay. I have done, but it's not my. I'm not. It's hard. I don't do that as much. So actor makes me feel a little bit more like, well. Hoity and or toity? No, no. I, I just don't want to be compared to actual actors oh, okay. in this city. Yeah. Because I'm not, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't Got it. imply that I'm in that caliber. Let me ask you about mm -hmm. singing. Yes. Because you have, and people get to see this uh, when you're doing shows at SAC, but I don't know that everybody knows. I, I know from going to a few Amanda and Emily shows and some of the other stuff that you've done that you have a set of pipes. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, when I say that, that's not like, I'm not talking about your bosom. I'm uh, talking about your actual voice, excuse right? Excuse me. Why? Let me, let me ask you yes, this. Yes, okay. Is it bosom or bosoms? I, I don't know Is because it it's not 1932. Buddies? What? No, it's bosom buddies. Oh, okay. So when I say you have a, you have a set of pipes, I'm yes. saying you are able to sing. Yeah. Why okay. would anyone assume that you were speaking of my bosom? Like why would like what what pi I don't pipes know aren't pipes? I would have been thinking even more like my internal like organs, pee pee parts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that seems more like pipes. Okay, the, the bosom is I think not we're a pipe. Digging too much into this, Sh and we don't have time. Agreed. For that, um, I always tell people God didn't give me much, so he but he did give me the gift of voice, so I can sing. I'm confident with my singing capability. When did that start for you? When did that come I was come very up? young. Yeah. Yeah, like like six or seven. Were you singing along to stuff church. or at that point? Oh, church. Okay. My mother wanted us to go to church, and I found that they were singing at church, and I thought that looked more fun than having to sit and, like, sit through it. Yeah, and try to stay awake. Yeah, like, some of the songs were really poppy, very catchy, so I liked that. So then I started being the church cantor, and then I started taking voice lessons, and I really just loved it. And then I just could always do it. And, yes, I would sing along with albums in my bedroom. Yeah. Madonna. Cindy Lauper, more of a Cindy Lauper than a Madonna girl, but that's like yes, and Bette Midler. So I was obsessed with female vocalists, and I wanted to make my voice sound as good as theirs. So when you say like imitate them or just have the range, use them that they as a, yeah, you have them uh, have the range and use them as they kind of like uh, that's the kind of music that I constantly sang to. So I was always trying to like be able to hit the notes that they did and have the style that they had, and so I was obsessed. Okay, yeah, I sang all the time. And you pursued this in college. Well, no. Then I went to my mom had me move here to go to the magnet program at Dr. Phillips High School, okay. the visual performing arts, because I grew up in Massachusetts. Yep. So we relocated so that I could go to Dr. Phillips in the magnet program. Um, and it was great. It was like the, it changed my life. Because in, in the town that I grew up in, in Framingham, Massachusetts, I would not have gotten as thorough of a visual performing arts education. Right. So it was really valuable that we came to Orlando. So just lost Framingham, Massachusetts as a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Sorry, the 508 is not your area code any longer. <laughs> uh, you're not getting that demo. Um, yep. So then I went to Dr. Phillips and then I eventually went to, I came back to, I went to back to Boston. I went back to Boston. And was a musical theater major at Boston Conservatory. Yes. But that did not last. How come? It's a very intense program. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, uh, you know, like people would recognize Juilliard. So you had eight hours of classes every day, and that would include everything. So you had to take ballet, tap, music theory, proprioceptive movement, uh, acting, theater. Uh, you had to be a stagehand. You, you were there for eight to ten hours a day. 
Monday through Friday. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like most college experiences where you have a a class at this time. And yeah, yeah. 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 And I didn't live on campus. So I wasn't really able to like, and I also started singing in a rock band. So I was just kind of like, I don't need, (laughs) I don't need school. (laughs) I'm going to be in a band instead. Really smart idea. The conservatory is a much different experience. And so mm-hmm. what made you want to do that in the first place? Were you like, I do want to be a singer. I do want to <laughs> be a professional singer. And this is one way of doing when it. When you are not um, excelling in academia, yeah, uh, you tend to, like I found that I just tried to glob onto something that I was good at. I couldn't do math, but I could do this. So if I was going to go to college, I had to find a way um, to, you know, to, to go to a school that specialized in what I was capable of. And I was capable of singing and performing. So it seemed smart. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a school, I, I'm not a disciplined person necessarily. It was very hard for me to like adapt to that. And it was in Boston. So it was also really fun to like not go to a class and like walk around the city and take the train and get lost. <laughs> So really what I was doing at the conservatory was I think a lot of young people do. It's like, well, I, this is what I should do, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I never fit. It should also be known I was a musical theater major. And, oh, people are going to hate this. I, I really don't enjoy musicals. So that's what I saw my future as being, was being in, in, in doing musical theater. And I don't care for musical theater. Do you think a lot of people are going to... There's going to be some backlash to this. Well, certainly not a lot because, I mean, it's not like it's... <laughs> My 19 <laughs> listeners. Yeah, exactly. it's not like light. Well, also, too, it's not like musical theaters like lighting the world on fire. It's like yeah. before Hamilton came around, everyone was like, give it up. It's exactly <laughs> Oh, my God, people are people probably are mortified. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and in this town, so there, I think there's a lot of musical theater going on in Orlando. Yeah. And people are always going to the show and the at Dr. Phillips and this and that. And I just don't, it's just one of those things that's just lost on me. Yeah. It's interesting though, that you were in that, you were doing all these dance things too. Did you like doing that stuff? I mean, I was, I was like 18, 19. I yeah. mean, it, it was just, it was, it was challenging. It was hard. And when you're at that age and you have freedom and you can go be around a city and you're singing in a rock band at the same time, taking ballet at nine in the morning or taking a tap class, it just was not as appealing as the other things I felt like I wanted to do. So rock band took off. You became famous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can see it was a really wise choice to leave Boston Conservatory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why you're here now. <laughs> yep. I'm so here. <laughs> one of the most famous people I've ever booked <laughs> based on the rock band. <laughs> but I, I did have a good experience singing in bands. Well, and that's kind of the thing too, right? Like if you're not meant to go to college, if you don't think you can do well there or you're too young, you're not ready for the experience. Mm -hmm. All of those things. Which is what happens in many cases. That's also your time to do stuff and make mistakes. Well, and I knew how much money my parents were spending. Yeah. And I knew that if I kept, I was like, I feel like I'm just like flushing money down the toilet. I mean, it's, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars every semester. And I just got to a point where I figured, uh, I don't want this. I don't like it. I don't want to be here. I'm not going to keep going just to, you know, I'm not going to keep spending your money when I kind of feel like this isn't what I want. And here I am at an improv theater. 
<laughs> but that came up. So we'll get to that. Yeah. That came up a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where did the comedy come in? Where was that intersect of music and comedy? Or was there an intersect? Yeah. Do you know what's interesting is that I always, um, when I moved here from Massachusetts, moved to Orlando, Florida, Sat Comedy Lab was um, in, it was on Church Street. Do you yeah. remember this? Oh, yeah. And remember how um, uh, Terror on Church Street was right behind it. Mm-hmm. So when you're a teenager in Orlando, other than the theme parks and stuff like that, there's not a lot of things, especially at that time. Like, it was like 20, 25 years ago. Yeah, you're going to a mall. You're going to one of the theme parks. But even that, like, there wasn't they a burn city out. walk. There wasn't. There wasn't city walk. There, there wasn't was Pleasure well, Island. Pleasure but Island. you couldn't go in as a kid. You could only go to, like... <laughs> What were the places you could go to? Oh, like yeah. Eight tracks? Is that one yeah. of them? Yeah. <laughs> so um, going to SAC actually was something great because it was, you know, it was pretty clean, like clean humor. It wasn't, a, you know, whatever. My, our, our moms could drop us, know that we were going to a show and then come and pick us back up. Um, we would do Terror on Church Street and SAC some nights. So I was obsessed. And right around that time, Comedy Central was just a thing. Mm-hmm. It just started. And one of the only shows they had was Whose Line Is It Anyway? And it was the original. The original British mm-hmm, version. The yeah. original UK version. And I was obsessed with it. I couldn't believe that they were doing what they were doing. I thought that was the greatest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And that was like uh, Ryan Styles, Colin Mockery, and then like, you know, a lot of British uh, comics and performers. Mm-hmm. It, so I became obsessed. So doing musical theater at Dr. Phillips High School... And then also like going to SAC regularly, I saw that there was comedy. I saw that people could do music and comedy. I saw that people could act, improvise, and sing. And I think that just kind of, I was I was lazy for years and did not just take a class. If I had jumped into it in the like late point, 90s, yeah. I would have probably latched on right then. Yep. It just, life shifted, so. So you went back? I went back to Boston, went to Boston Conservatory, you know. Rock then I, music. I sang for 10 years and then eventually relocated back to Orlando. And then when I relocated back to Orlando, it took me a little while, but then I just took classes at SAC. <laughs> it's just so funny that that's how it all came around because I was, you know, introduced to SAC uh, kind of the same way mm-hmm. um, back in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with the Fringe Festival, and I've been, you know, sort of a fan of it ever since. Yeah, and I've had people from SAC on radio shows back when I was at WUCF. So what cued you into going to SAC, though? Um, it was just like, it's a thing to do. Well, I didn't even live out here, and I was going. Hmm. So I, Where did I you think live? it was in Daytona. Oh. So I accidentally came to the Fringe Festival, and then I came back <laughs> What do you mean you accidentally year. came? So I was incredibly shy. Okay. Uh, and so I was going to Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. Sure. As we all do sometimes. Yeah, I know a lot about it. And there was no reason for me to have friends who were acting or fans of improv, that sort of thing. You weren't exposed to that. No, right. no, no, no. Sure. And so somebody was, and they said, well, we're doing this thing. It's called the Fringe Festival. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up, and for some reason I said yes, which I never do, which I would never go out of my way to go somewhere. But for some reason. For some reason. And it was the Fringe Festival, and, you know, I got to see some crazy shows, some incredible comedy from Canada, mm-hmm. uh, the Arrogant Worms. I remember seeing them the first wow. year that I was here. Mm-hmm. And uh, went to a sack show as well. And I was like, this is You went to a sack show at Fringe? Yeah. Ha ha. Yeah. See? 
They, and I remember, too, the first time I ever went to the Fringe, I had the same kind of feeling like, whoa, like, this is happening? This has been happening all the while? Yeah. Nobody knows about this? Like, and, and it's like, of course, thousands and thousands of people know about this. You're just the dum-dum that has never been exposed to it. I, you know, there's still a lot of things in Florida that we've been doing for years and years, in Orlando specifically, yeah. that people don't know people about. People don't I'm know about. Amazed. But when Even when people don't know about what SAC is, I'm always yeah. a little bit like, wow, like, <laughs> how do you, I mean, we've been around for 30 years. Yeah. How do you not know? But it's an interesting city like that. It's hard to get to 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 infect everyone. <laughs> so, let's infect everyone with some music. Yeah. And then we'll come back and I want to talk about your comedic so some of your musical influences. We okay. talked a little bit about, but a little yeah. more on that and then your comedic influences. Okay. I want to have that. I'm into I it. I want to understand. All right. What spooky track you got? Uh this is the Oh, no, not the Eels. This is just Eels cuz I think it's just one guy. Uh from their album, his album. Beautiful, beautiful freak. Oh boy. This is my beloved monster. I see what you did. On WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, you're listening to Odd Numbers. If you need a little pick-me-up, a little more pep in your step, go to your podcast provider and subscribe to your daily dose with Bob and Nick. The Bob in the show is Bob Kajas, an improv host and teacher at Sat Comedy Lab and a motivational speaker and organizational coach. The Nick in the show is the same Nick as this show, so you already know someone there. Your Daily Dose with Bob and Nick comes out every weekday, five times a week, and every episode is less than 10 minutes. Perfect for your ride to work, or from work, or near work. Now back to the show. Eels from their Beautiful Freak album, uh, 1996. That was how many years ago? 25. Nice. Nice. Close enough. Was it? My <laughs> Beloved Monster on WPRK Winter Park. I don't know. Florida. Happy Halloween, oh, everyone. Do you like Halloween? Uh, No. Right. Yeah. You don't not like it, but you're just like, I'm, I'm, I'm a grown I'm person. Bivalent to it. I don't like to dress up. No. I have uh, been shot down way too many times in terms of my costuming, mm. in terms of like my ideas behind my costuming. Mm. Or and it takes very little to shoot me down because it's like I don't want to do this anyway. I'm 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 barely committing to this. So if I have an idea that I get excited about and someone just knocks just a little thing, they it. Oh, well, good. I'm done. I'm oh yeah, out. I'm sorry yeah. that I was just trying to be participate in something that I didn't even want to participate in, and here I am, and now yeah. you're gonna poo poo it. Yeah. Thanks a lot for nothing. So this this is a good Halloween story. Yeah. So I decided to go as Neo. So this is uh, uh, mid-2000s, early 2000s. Okay. Neo from the Matrix. But what if he had taken the opposite pill? Is that the right? Keanu Reeves yes. character? Yes. So he did not go into the Matrix. He decided, I don't know what the Matrix is. I don't know anything about this. Okay, great. He does something, though, and he ends up in an alternative universe. He has a choice to go into the Matrix and be cool and dress really neat yeah. and shoot guns and all that. Okay. Or to stay in the real world. Sure. And just grow old. Oh. And so I decided to be the... He obviously decides to do the guns thing. I decide to be the grow old Neo. I'll just be a person. Yeah, but also like get fat. And I was shaving my head at the time. So I just shaved the top of my head. So I looked like I was balding. <laughs> this is the. <laughs> but I still wanted to dress up in all the leather. So I had a pillow under my shirt. Now I don't need the pillow anymore. But um, so you had to explain it to everyone the whole night. No. So when I got the outfit on and I shaved the top of my head, I just looked like a monk. <laughs> a leather monk? A leather uh, monk. Uh, a leatherman monk. 
which is a big, what I think. What a stupid thing. It's so dumb. <laughs> so I put a cross on, and then I'm like, oh, at least I look like a monk. So you didn't even go all in. No, I didn't go all in. <laughs> you but bailed I still on your have own to go, I still had to go to this party. And so I'm like, oh, so I'll look like a monk. Who's I'm gonna, a cool monk. I'm a cool monk. <laughs> and there was like four other priests and monks there at the party. Oh, you should have like, committed. This is gross. Just commit to no, the crappy idea no. you had. Yeah. I was Ken Bone, the undecided voter last yes, year. Yes. What a stupid thing that is. Last year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Year. Four Not years topical. after. Right. Not <laughs> topical. I, I painstakingly recreated what he looked like. Yep. Red so sweater, sweater, white tie, white undershirt, mustache, glasses, Ken Bone. Only to explain it to every person. No one knows who Ken Bone is. I think we should do a non-topical Halloween party every year uh, that, after Halloween. Yeah, on like November 6th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We that I'd be that. into. See, that I'd be into. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm not a, I don't, costumes give me anxiety. Like, I know that I have a show on Thursday, Pepe's Truth or Dare Halloween show. Yes. I have to have a costume. Yeah. And I know what I'm going to be, but just the, the you know, like, just having to get the items and make it look, and I know half the people won't know what it is. Well, okay, so mm-hmm. let me just say mm-hmm. that it is a great, you shared this with me earlier. It's an amazing idea. I did tell you what I was. Yeah. So, like, to go and take a character from the 1983 movie <laughs> War Games with Matthew Broderick. Yeah. And then make it sexy. Like, that's yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. that's really racy. What's the actor's name? Can we just name say it? Sexy. Can we just say it? <laughs> yeah. Like, Sexy Whopper. The computer from War Games that causes, almost causes thermonuclear yeah. war. I'm going to, that's what I'm playing. version yeah, yeah, yeah. of that. Yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. With the lights and the <laughs> yeah. buttons. Oh. Ugh, I know I'm war games. I'm getting a little worked up <laughs> right now thinking about it. I'm trying to think of the actor's name. He was like the Gene Hackman of that moment. And he was also in 9 to 5. And he was also, what's that actor's name? <laughs> I believe he's in war games. I think he's the, the, the adult male, like, bad guy-ish the British guy? No. No, he was British in War Games. Then I'm. Yeah. Then forget it. You are remembering a different. Put it in the trash. Light it on fire. Matthew Broderick, if you're listening, and I know you are, (laughs) could you give us a call and let us know? Tell us the name of the man. Any of these people are. Tell us the name of the man that was in Nine to Five, because I think he was also maybe in War Games. But I'm not. Coleman. Thank you. Oh, he was. Daphne Coleman is in War Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. Took me a second. Tabney Coleman. Golly, thank God you just sourced that. That would have made me crazy until I Googled it. Yes. Yeah. So for moments, it would have made me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Emily Fontano is here, by the way. I'm not sure if I ever introduced (laughs) you. Yeah, don't clean your ears. That's true. It's me. My name is Nick. Mm -hmm. This is a show that I do occasionally. You've been on the show prior three times. Yep. It's been fantastic. It's Mm -hmm. always fun to see you perform at SAC. Yes. To listen to your podcast, Amanda and Emily, we have a podcast. It is great to listen to that. Go find it, please. Go find it. On iTunes. Yes. You should be on other stuff too, by the way. Sp- we're, I think we're on Spotify. Okay, great. And Lowdown is our like where we produce out of. Awesome. Great. You should go listen to that. We were talking a little bit about your uh, your journey to SAC Comedy Lab, your journey to improv. Mm-hmm. Um, came through it from music. 
So you mentioned like the female musical artists when you were a kid growing yeah. up listening to them. Yeah. So the Bette Midler, the Cindy Crawford. Cindy Sorry. Crawford. Cindy Lauper. <laughs> Can you imagine Cindy Crawford had some underground 80s like pop music new career? Wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like it her so much more. If I knew well, we all would. Okay. Uh but who were some of the other people that you were listening to? Who are some of the people you listen to now, or do you have time to go out and source anything? What's interesting, Is it pretty much just this show that you get the music from? It's just this show. It's just this show. Yeah. Got it. I, don't, I have no other way of understanding I'm music. So sorry for that. Um, I loved Pat Benatar. Obsessed. Um, I, when I like when I was little, I would sit in the car and I would sing "Hell Is for Children," but I would then I would like tell my mother that she had to sing the backup vocals, and I would be I would like dictate who sang what and stuff. So Pat Benatar, Cyndi Lauper, uh, Madonna more because Madonna was like a great pop songwriter, but sure. not a great vocalist. Spoiler no alert! Madonna. Yeah, no offense, Madonna, but I mean, come on. When she did Evita, it was like stop it. Yeah, come on. Um, you know what else I was really influenced by was the Muppets. I know that sounds silly, but the Muppets, like especially the Muppet movie, like that soundtrack, um, like I would sing all of that. I loved the songwriting. Um, what about something like Grease? Loved Grease. Yeah. Loved. So everyone so, seemed to have that, like if you were of a certain generation, everybody had the cassette or the A-track. That album. In the car. And when you think of the opening of the Grease album. Yeah. It's that song is Greece is the word is great. Um, yeah, but I was very influenced by Muppets because uh, at the time when I was growing up, that was like the thing. Mm -hmm. Sesame Street, uh, the Muppet show, then the Muppet movie. Like it was really like a huge thing. And Jim Henson was I mean, like that's my like personal hero. So there's a lot of music there and I loved it. I'm trying to think of what else I listened to. Funny story about Jim Henson. Oh, so he started doing the puppets on TV, like in high school, mm -hmm. uh, then did it through college, paid his way through college, actually made quite a bit of money. Um, so not, you know, you think of Jim Henson, you don't think of a real like snob or somebody who flaunted money or anything. But right. at his college graduation, he rolled up in a limo wearing like a full, I think it might have been a full white tuxedo. Bless. Yeah. Bless. Yeah, yeah. Just because he could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... He, he was Jim Henson. Yeah, he could. He should. He should be psyched about what he was. Yeah, I, I don't fault him for anything. He could be wearing a sweatband around his head and look at, like super hippie, or he could be wearing a white tuxedo. He Either can do way. whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. All right, we should all just go as Jim Henson. <gasps> I just, you know what? I was just watching videos on somebody's Instagram of a Halloween party that people were at, and somebody was dressed up as Jim Henson and, and had a Kermit, and I was like, that's really clever. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'd never be that clever. The Muppets. Yes. Mixed comedy. Comedy, music. music. Yeah. Everything, yeah. So, again, coming back to it, you went to SAC, you saw that, you were like, how does this happen? Whose line is it anyway? You saw that. Yeah. I don't how know that I, I was identifying everything together. I just right. knew what I liked. So what else were you watching or listening to in terms of comedy? At when the time? I was young? Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of stand-up. So that's right around HBO, like became like would have a lot of stand-up specials. So George Carlin, Eddie Murphy, those two specifically were like we were allowed to watch it, even though there was, you know, questionable language and content. I was encouraged almost to watch it. So I was obsessed with both like the like there's like two HBO specials that Eddie Murphy and George Carlin, like it was like right in that pocket. And we watched them all the time because remember HBO didn't have much 
Oh yeah, so it was on. The <laughs> same was thing like, was on fifty-two times. All, I remember all watching. The time. I think over the course of a week in the summer, I think I saw Jaws three seventy-two times. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah, exactly. And I watched it every single time. Uh, there was a movie called Night of the Comet, and it was on oh, yeah. a thousand times. So I've seen Night of the Comet too many times because that's just how it was at the time. You didn't know anything else because it was new. Yeah. So you're like, I'll, I guess I'll watch this again. I'm so watching this again. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. So um, so I'd say for comedy, them. And also, Bette Midler was a comedic actress, singer. You know, her stage shows were very, like, they weren't just musical. They were, yeah. like, really clever and funny and ballsy. And I loved that. I also loved Little Shop of Horrors, the Rick Moranis film version um so i would sing that all the time the little mermaid was very influential to me because the music was in my opinion the greatest thing i'd ever heard uh, so i would be emulating that i just liked the combination of things i liked when it wasn't just somebody singing or somebody being funny or or a sweet and endearing story i liked when it was all of those things together mm -hmm. that's what i really like tracy allman the tracy allman show obsessed with that gary shandling show like i just loved when everything was in one place, if that makes any sense. In terms of the music and the comedy or the like comedy? Music, that comedy, and a, and a story or uh, that the writing was not just like, it wasn't just for comedic factor. It was, There was always like something smart and like endearing to everything. Yeah. I found, I find now that I look back, like that's what I was always gravitating towards. It doesn't sound like the traditional sitcom appealed to you much. I mean, like I, I could enjoy it, but it wasn't where my, like where I became obsessed. Yeah. It had to have everything. But now some might say, you mean like a musical? No, not like a musical. Cause musicals are a little bit contrived and a little, I don't, but I'm not into it. What's the difference between The Little Mermaid <laughs> and Because it's a Little movie. Shop of Horrors? <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors, literally a musical. <laughs> but Little Shop of Horrors seems mo so much more contemporary and like pop and like it, it doesn't seem as musically. Like I feel like the songs in Little Shop of Horrors can stand alone. You mm. could hear that song without the context of the show and still be like, wow, what a great song. Whereas a lot of musical numbers, it's just like if you pull something from lamest and play it for someone. It's like, what the, what are they talking about? Why who's, does this sound who's so? this Jean-Paul Jean guy? Yeah. And like, I better learn the story if I'm going to understand this song. Yeah. I like when songs are just also interesting. Cause I think that the music from Little Mermaid and the music from Little Shop of Horrors are written by the same person. Well, obviously Stuart Little. Excuse me? Yeah. The little, mouse? Little, it's not, it's not a small shop of horrors. It's it started out as Little's Shop of Horrors and Little's Mermaid. You're improvising. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm very proud of you. Aw. Because for a split second, I thought that you knew something, and I was <laughs> I was like, how did I never know this? I think we can always assume that I don't know anything. I don't know. That was very tricky. You just did a big trick. I did. <laughs> Thank you. Why don't we listen to a song while we recover from Ooh, that I trick? can't wait to hear the theming. The Ravenettes from their album Lust, Lust, Lust. This is You Want the Candy. Uh, okay. On WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. <laughs> You're listening to Odd Numbers.
After four years on the air, Nick has interviewed nearly 200 amazing Orlando residents. It turns out there are many more that remain uninterviewed, and he'd like to change that. If you or someone you know would like to get up early on a Monday to be on the radio and chat with Nick for two hours, take your computer and point it at toacertaindegree.com. Now back to the show. From the album, Oh My Heart, from 2008, that was Ghosting by the band Mother Mother. I really like that song any time of year, but it is a very Halloween-centric song. I wanted him to go up one more note at the it end. It would have been nice. Mm-hmm. It would have been it nice. It didn't seem like it had the resolve that I wanted, but I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. So it's about a person saying, okay, I have been around you too long. I've been in your life too long. Mm-hmm. You can let me go. This isn't Halloween. This isn't any trick-or-treat. Okay. No, they literally said that in the song. <laughs> we were so into our conversation, we <laughs> yeah. were barely listening but to this But this is why you enjoy this song, because it's a person that turned to a friend or a lover that they've known for too long and just said, listen. I'm going to stop haunting you. Oh. I've been ghosting you for so long. Like the opposite in terms of the meaning of yeah, ghosting. Yeah, because I was going to say yeah. ghosting is you've walked yeah. away. Yeah, no, no, no. I've been haunting you. I've been Ghosting still you. apart. I've been reminding you of this thing that you don't have anymore, whatever it is. And now they're just, they, they, they said, you know what? It's okay. I'm not going to do gonna that I'm literally anymore. ghost you now. <laughs> and the person on the other end is like, figuratively finally, I wonder you. what yes. I said that made them finally get the hell out of my hair. <laughs> yes. Good morning. My name is Nick. My name is Emily. Emily, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for being here. If you ever want to know more about Emily and the shows that she's doing Mm -hmm. and the things that she has going on, one place to go is SAC.com, S-A-K.com. Yeah. Because she is the artistic director of SAC Comedy Lab. Yep. Which is one of the most important and wonderful places in Central Florida to go to at any time, but especially when they're open. Yeah. I mean, but I will say it feels like we're busting, bursting at the seams. You're busting and bursting. There's just people there all the time, nonstop, 24 sevs. Well, you do classes. Classes, corporate events, private events, our regular scheduled shows, our specialty shows. So you do public and private events. Yes. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. You want us to come to your house? We'll come to your house. You want to come here? You can come to I want you to come to my, oh, you want money for that. (laughs) <laughs> preferably yeah okay we can talk about a trade okay great so we'll talk about a trade okay. offline you can also learn more about emily from amanda and emily we have a podcast which is fantastic you can find that yeah on the podcast networks and on all of the social medias you just have to kind of look for it a little bit on some of the social medias because there's apparently a lot of amanda and emily combinations that's not true is that true yeah have you looked yeah Really? Yeah, sometimes when I'm trying to tag you and stuff, it's like, oh, this Amanda and Emily, it that just, Amanda and Emily. It just goes directly for me because I, it's like linking to all my personal Amanda yeah. and Emily stuff, so I nev- I've never even noticed that. Yeah. Who are these other two Amanda and Emilys? Uh, there's many of them. Well, and there's can... some people named Amanda Emily. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah, I think you might need to talk to your lawyers. Uh, we don't have... We have... Okay. I'll t- call them. I'll call great her. Okay, before you do that, yeah, let's talk a little bit more. I have you here on the show to talk about how you got here, comedy, music, yes, everything else. But we were talking offline a little bit about stand-up comedy, <laughs> yeah, which is something that I don't know if you uh, you, you mentioned uh, Carlin and uh, uh, the other guy, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, the Donkey and Trek. 
<laughs> as we all know him, the donkey in Shrek. I like to use the donkey from Shrek because it crosses both, like, you know? Yeah, and it's a really recent reference. Well, you can't just say, you can't say Nettie Professor, and you can't say whatever new film he's working on, if that's even a thing. You gotta meet in the middle. Can't say Beverly Hills Cop, you know? Because people will be Perfect. like, what? So Shrek. Yeah. Everybody knows Shrek. Everybody knows Shrek. Yeah. I forgot the whole point of what I was... Oh! Stand-up. Stand-up comedy. George Carlin. Eddie Murphy, yes. I collected a lot of cassette tapes of comedians okay. when I was a kid. So whether that was Monty Python, Father Guido Sarducci, Emo oh yeah. Phillips. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Um, You're naming really the hits. Right? I mean, <laughs> but it wasn't It wasn't so much the big ones that I liked. It was those... Offbeat. Those, those kind of offbeat ones that I would collect and listen to over and over again. And just... Yeah absolutely adore and there was a, a group called um around the same time that monty python was out there was fire sign theater mm -hmm. and things of that nature so i would listen to a lot of those and i always had uh this incredible respect mm -hmm. for stand-up because you had to go and you know you had to really learn the story and i was reading i think it was bob newhart who was talking about how if you were going to go up and do a bit Mm -hmm. whatever it was and his his stuff was a little bit longer like yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was a storyteller mm -hmm. and he would talk about how during the course of a story he had you know five or six places in the story where he could exit it if it wasn't hitting with the crowd right and that to me was really remarkable because i'm like i just i know how to tell a story but i only know how to tell it through the end like if if I'm hmm. not feeling like this is something that happened to me when I was traveling, this is something that happened to me. Yeah. Have you ever done that where you well, were? And I know you don't do stand up. I think you know what I. I think that has to do with reading the room and self awareness. Though, sure. Which I think are very. I think are things that can be a dying art in our culture. I think a lot of people don't have self awareness because they've never been confronted with having to be very self aware. Um, and I also think that people don't necessarily know how to read a room because we've become very accustomed to like looking down, looking mm -hmm. at a phone, escaping into a world that doesn't challenge you um, to connect necessarily all the time. So people are disconnected. Uh, so in the example that you're using, like the, the new heart, like telling a story, but knowing when you've got people or you don't. Yeah, pull the cord. You ha I think with any form of comedy, you better be able to do that. Like, you better be able to know who this room is. It, are they into it? Are they not? And how you can adapt to, and how you can modify whatever it is your material yeah. to accommodate what they are receiving. Otherwise, you're just being kind of, I mean, and listen, there's nothing wrong with this. Like, you're being kind of like punk or like kind of self-serving, and that's awesome. But if you are, are trying to be an entertainer, you're trying to engage and entertain an audience. You, you need self-awareness yeah. and the awareness of, are people into this? When you're doing improv as a performer at SAC, like the Friday night, Saturday night mm -hmm. stuff where it's uh, team-based. Yeah. Uh, you have the host who sometimes I've noticed like cuts the scene off. <laughs> yeah. Rather than waiting for the performers to do it. Yeah. Does that feel like, is there a little bit of a um, uh, safety net? In that, as a performer, you don't have to worry about necessarily watching the audience because you've got the host there? Well, not necessarily. That's an interesting point of view because we're always searching for a mini narrative. So mm -hmm. you actually, as the performer doing an improv scene or game or anything like that, you are trying to drive to what we call the button. So you are, tr you are 
you know, on the fly within scene, writing that scene so that it will hopefully get to a button. And if your host sees the button, you're doing your job because like they saw the end of the, the natural progression and ending of that story. Right. So it's actually, it's not like they're ever bailing you out. Sometimes it, there'll be a premature swipe and you'll feel like, hold on, we had a whole, we, uh, we, we were had to figure to out go. about the father and when he's coming back with the rake. Improv scene. <laughs> Uh, so no, I, yeah, I, I think that that's the beauty of improv as uh, you know, in a lot of people think that stand up and improv are in some way the, the same, there's elements that are similar, but I, I prefer improv so much because there's other people. Like I don't have to feel this overwhelming responsibility of like, this is all on me. 250 people are watching and it's entirely up to me to make sure that they're entertained. I find it so like it's such a relief that there's other people working with me and I trust those people and those people are all setting me up to look great and I'm setting them up to look great. And it's, you know, very, it feels safe generally. Standups are, you know, they're amazing to me because they just take it all on themselves and they're basically not selling themselves, but it, it is, all coming from your personal point of view. Right. Whereas with improv, you can hide behind a character and you can have another actor kind of like make you look like the heel or the dummy or you you, you just don't have as much responsibility. That probably sounds lazy, but... No, anyway. dude, I mean, and you definitely can see that a little bit in some uh, stand-up too because you think about, uh, speaking of the Boston area, like Stephen Wright, mm-hmm. who often seems like he's playing a character on stage. Yeah. Emo Phillips too, to an extent. God, second Emo Phillips reference. And it's just such a bizarre, I can't believe people actually liked Emo Phillips. Really? You loved it though. Well, I think as a, as a kid, especially as someone younger who just was interested, starting to get interested in the bizarre. Did you listen right? to Dr. Demento? Oh yeah. Okay. All right. So, all right. Yeah. It was just a little bit offbeat. And- it had to be a little, and it was Monty Python and stuff like that. So it was that um, not quite straightforward. You're like the John comedy. Lennon. You're the John Lennon of the, the comedy uh, world. Great. So that would. Uh, you gravitate towards the, that. I'm, I'm more of a Paul McCartney. Like okay. I go for the, you know. Right, I can't wait to see who our Ringo star and George Harrison are. <laughs> Emo Phillips is. Yeah, you're bordering <laughs> on some Ringo star. <laughs> somewhere there. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. So well, what we about? Solved it. I mean, what about recently? What have you seen as far as stand? Because it's it's. Well, I find mm-hmm. trying to watch stand up now isn't as fun for me. Oh, okay. So I yeah. don't watch it as much. I don't watch as many. So I really did like. Um, uh, some of the stuff they're coming out with, it just seems like they can produce a lot for Netflix, for streaming services. Stand-up specifically? Or yeah, you mean yeah, like yeah. Sketch too? No, 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 stand-up. Mm-hmm. I like some of the stuff they're doing with Sketch as well. but uh, I would suggest Tim Robinson, I Think You Should Leave. Have you seen this on Netflix? I haven't, but... Sketch show. Yeah. Um, improv-based uh, oh, performer yes. Tim Robinson. Yes. Take, take a thought. Yeah. Take it to its conclusion and then continue with it. And then get, let it get really, go beyond the funny. So uncomfortable. Have you watched yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Sorry, I brilliant. have seen that one, yeah. Um, and then I just watched Jenny Slate's new special on Netflix, which is called Stage Fright, which is extraordinary. It's a combination of her stand-up, but she also has a lot of uh, her personal storytelling, and it's great. And then Nate Bergazzi is, as far as a stand-up, I just think he's a genius. And he's also just generally very likable. Mm-hmm. He's not offensive. He's not trying to take some sort of stand politically or otherwise. It's just like he's just a funny person. 
Nate Bargatze, Jenny Slate, Tim Robinson, I think you should leave. Those are the three things that I've watched comedically that I was like, this is great. Thank God comedy's alive. Still. It's, 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 it's healthy. We've tried to kill it many times. But it's healthy. Yes. Yes. Because I don't always feel that sketch hits. I mean, because there's, you know, like Key and Peel, I think, is one of the, the most modern, like, sketch shows that is pound for pound great. Yeah. Not that they had, like, every sketch was gold, just like anybody but else. It won't ever be that. Yeah. And that's why I find it very interesting. A lot of people who do improv and stand-up, they, they really want to do sketch, too. Yep. And I find it such, like, a daunting thing because sketch, you were talking about how once you, you've gone past the relevance of something, mm. it, is, it really struggles to be compelling and funny anymore. And sketch really lives in that, like, you better hit the thing that is the thing right now or it's going to go, that's it, you're done. Yeah, like, it like won't a, be funny anymore. Yeah. And I find that's a lot of sketch. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Okay, let's play a song. Oh, okay. You're going to keep with the theming. Yeah, of course. I'm okay, gonna, okay. What did you think? I was What's this one? I was going to like do something different. I don't know what you're doing. Over there, you've got m- multiple things. <laughs> I do have multiple things. I will give you that. Uh, how about Tiny Apocalypse? The name of the song is Sea Monster. Okay. On WPRK, Warner Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. My very special guest, Emily. Emily the uh, one. And, and only, only Emily Fontano. Fontano. <laughs> We're so good. Nasty. We're so <laughs> good. WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Hello, friend. This is your brand talking. I know what you're thinking. My brand doesn't talk. Like you can control what your brand does. But you can help me put my best foot forward, which is putting your best foot forward. Let's get a design update from the fine folks at Snazzy Creative. A refresh of our visuals, something consistent and thoughtful, will go a long way with everyone who encounters us. Get to thatsnazzy.com to learn more about the designers that can get that done. Oh, and think about a car wrap of me after the update. I want all the other brands to see me and be super jealous. Now back to the show. Tiny Apocalypse on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. That was Sea Monster. Singular. Yes. No, there's just one. There's only one? Yeah. Nessie. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to Odd Numbers. This is a special edition of To a Certain Degree, which you normally hear from 7 to 9 every Monday morning. Mm I am here. And every Monday morning, I have a very special guest. A returning guest, in this case, Emily Fontano is here. Booyah! And this is why we bring her to the radio, because <laughs> she knows all the catchphrases. Yeah, that's my catchphrase specifically. So if you hear people using it, trademark, T-circle, top of the yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it TM or just the T? Mm-hmm. I think it's a TM now. Okay, great. Now that I'm imagining it. It's on all my branding. Yeah, no, you don't have any of the branding in front of you. Uh, it's hard, but you know, it's, you've got so. I many have so many projects. people, and I just you got so many things. How can going I keep on. track of? Ugh, ugh. So one of the things we do uh, on Odd Numbers is really uh, talk about a particular topic. So we're doing music and comedy, mm-hmm. uh, some of the comedic influences that you have had, that I have had. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I insert myself in the conversation. I think it should just be about you know you what's funny. More, well, you well, know you, what you, you like. 
Well, I know what I like, but who cares what I like? I People, think people it's very important what you like. You, what, what you like. No, because what the comics like doesn't isn't necessarily a good gauge for what the masses and the general public can glob onto. Like, you know. So I'm a better representation. You're of actually the not because you man. named Father Guido Sauducci and Emo Phillips. So like, you're actually. Yeah. I'm not sh- sure where. Please don't you, listen to me. Yeah, you and you also named Stephen Wright. So it's like I know what we're dealing with with you. <laughs> You like the bizarre. Great. Yeah. Father Guido Sarducci had a great bit that I absolutely <laughs> love. Okay. It was about Ronald Reagan. Okay. And so what he would talk, <laughs> so very timely, but what he would talk about is how much older his neck looks than the rest of him. <laughs> That's fair. So he was talking about how when he was born, his neck came out first, and a few years later, a baby kind of popped out. And I've always felt that way about my knees. Like my knees were born what? in the 50s. And then in the 70s, I came along. Your body came, yeah. spawned from said knees. Yes. Wow. Because they are old man knees. But think about that. What a lasting impression just one joke made on you. It, like to this day, you still reference I will this concept. remember <laughs> that joke, some of the Stephen Wright stuff. That's like, uh, George Carlin. I just responded to somebody who messaged on Instagram that, like, because there is a George Carlin does a whole bit about his different types of farts. Like to this day, I'm still like, I got my yogurt fart. Like, I still like, I think, I think of that and his dog farting. And I, every time my dog farts, I'm always thinking of George Carlin. So, oh, comedy. Uh, a <laughs> beautiful way to train a tribute to George Carlin. <laughs> he would have it no other way. He would love that. Mm-hmm. He actually. would. Uh, speaking of loving things. Yes. One thing that we do on Odd Numbers, even though it's different than the regular interview, we still do the pop quiz. I'm ready. Are you? Bring it. This is the part that always made you seem nervous and apprehensive when we did this. Because I'm competing against someone. Okay. Normally I was with Amanda. Yeah. And I get then I get nervous because I think. So now you're not competing. No, I mean, I'm. Except I'm, for my love. Okay. So there's five questions. Oh. If you get all five right, we become best friends. So I will need to know your schedule. I'll need to know all the things you're allergic to. I'm going to. Not do, allergic to anything. It's just for the next week. Okay. So it's not like forever. Okay. If you get one yeah. or fewer right, which would be zero. So you don't get any right. Right. Or you get one right only. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then we become bitter enemies hmm. for a week again. Now, I will still need your schedule. And my allergies. Yes. And I don't believe you're not allergic to anything. I'm not allergic to anything. What are you allergic to? Sevens. You're allergic to the number seven? No, multiple sevens. <laughs> Just multiple sevens. Sevens. So we have our quiz master, Simon Time, will be giving you this quiz. We'll be oh. administering the quiz. Yeah, it's not me doing it. Oh. This is an official quiz. Simon does quizzes. Simon Time does quizzes around town at bars and restaurants and stuff oh, okay. like that. Oh, okay. He's a human being. Seven nights a week. Yeah, it's not a robot. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, is he coming in? No, no, no. He's, uh. he's live via recording. Okay. Are you ready? I think so. Is there a topic? No. (laughs) That seems like you're setting me up for failure. I'm ready. Bring it. Hey, hey, Nick. This is Simon Time with your weekly dose of five general knowledge questions. Let's begin. Number one. Give me the name of the famous cartoon character who was known for his pungence to steal picnic baskets. Well, it's... (laughs) Okay. It's Yogi Bear. Let's see if you're right. 
The correct answer is Yogi Bear. Okay, nice. but he said pungent. Yeah, I don't. So then it made me think Pepe his Le Pew. Pen, his penchants, I think. Penchant. Okay, well, Penchant. can you have a, a word with Simon about his... Vocab? I guess. I mean, All that right. threw me. Unless he's trying to trick me. Oh. I can do a really good Yogi Bear. Do it. Hey, boo-boo. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Picnic basket. It's like you've been practicing that for... <laughs> However long you've been alive. I'm a big Hanna-Barbera. I can do them all. I liked Hannah. Not so much Barbera. <laughs> no. Barbera was such a... Drunk. Don't get me started. <laughs> all right. Question number two. Identify the symbol that is featured dead center on the Canadian flag. Oh, a maple leaf. Let's see if you're correct. <laughs> the answer... The symbol in the middle of the flag of good old Canada is a maple leaf. Very nice. Okay, you're out of bitter we're not, we're enemy. We're out of big bitter enemy. So we're, you're two-fifths of the way towards best friends. But best friends is only if I get them all. All of them. Okay, what is, what is the in-between? Acquaintances? High on the street? I think we stay the same. You want to go up a level? I just feel like if I get close, maybe not best friend, but like... I'm jockeying towards that, you know? Okay, so four out of five, we're a level better than we are right and now. And I'm about to go for three out of five, and three out of five will say maintains the, Maintain. the, the status. Okay. okay. All right. All right, bring it. Question number three is a little alcohol trivia. According to their advertisements, what brand is Australian Fabia? Foster's. Okay. Can you do a better Australian accent than oh. Simon? Oh, Australian for bear. Very Cockney Australian. Get the it. answer, you've seen those big thick cans. It is Foster's Australian for beer. Yep. Okay. Simon's wound up. Three. Yeah. Well, getting up this early. Okay. He drinks a lot of coffee. <laughs> All right. So I'm three. I'm in, I'm in the safe zone. You're in the safe zone. Things maintain. You're in the friend zone. For, yeah, so I'm like in the in-between. So this this next one can be a game changer. Question number four. A little bit of a tougher quiz now. What country are the Galapagos Island, made famous by Charles Darwin, a part of? All right. <laughs> Not good with this stuff. Galapagos Islands. I know about these. Yes. And there's turtles. Yeah. Where are they? This is when people will realize that I'm, this is, thank God I went into something creative because this is the stuff Instead that is. Instead of being a navigator on a Yeah, but like plane. there's, I feel like a lot of people know this. I feel like this is not, this isn't so difficult. Oh, I had no idea. Oh, you didn't? Was. No, I never thought about it. Like what country, so they're islands. I know, but then sometimes I'll say something that's absolutely not a country. And that's when people are like, oh, oh bless, like she doesn't. She doesn't know what countries are. She doesn't know. She doesn't what know what do you'll countries. say, like equator? I almost said like Peru, Ecuador. So also a country. I think they're in Peru. No, they're not Peru, though. They're like, I don't know where they are. Okay. Ecuador? Let's go with that. Okay. Oh, see, I've ruined them. Known for the rare species of the Galapagos tortoise, the islands belong to Ecuador. <gasps> That's what you. I said. That is what you said. <laughs> Did you? Were you just playing me right now? No. You were just. You knew the whole time. Uh, you know are what? You the, like a trivia shark. Wait, but is Machu Picchu in Peru? I think so. Okay, because those are the two. Like I was like, 
one is in one place and one and the other's in the other. I had no idea where it was. Like you're, it never and you're even very smart. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think so. My yeah. mom has told me that before. Yeah, but moms don't know. They have no idea. <laughs> they have no idea. A lot of moms listening. <laughs> so, sorry to all the moms out there. You but guys are geniuses. And you also have no clue if your children are smart or not. No, you no. are not. Yeah. Okay, then I'm, wow. There's a lot of pressure. I know. Pressure's on getting higher. Difference is. You stay drier. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's, that's the good. commercial. What? Were you not doing that? <laughs> There's a commercial? Don't be a smart aleck. All right, give me the dumb question. And finally, here is the wrap-up question for today's game. What is the name for the dye, D-Y-E, that is traditionally used to make temporary tattoos in the regions of India, the Middle East, and North Africa? Henna. Is that your answer? <laughs> yes. The answer. It was actually my very first job working with this henna. I was a henna artist. Guys, those are your five <laughs> random questions courtesy of the Simon Time Trivia Show. Have a great day and be good people. Thank you, Simon Time. Best friends. Best. Best friends. Be you're almost saying best friends. Best. That's how best friends best are going to be. friends. Yes. Yeah. So you better get ready. We're going to all my favorite things the yeah. whole week. Of course. Mm -hmm. What else would we do? Name one of my favorite things that we're definitely going to do. Not dressing up in costumes. <laughs> True. Okay. Great. Uh, Simon time. Maybe we'll go do some Simon time trivia. Thank you, Simon. apparently an expert at Simon's it. Simon's collecting all of his things and shoving them in a briefcase, and there's papers flying out of it, and he just it jumped out of the off. room. Yeah, right through the <laughs> He's window. He's off to another, another, another competition. Trivia. He does seven nights a week trivia. Does uh, he really? Simon Time Trivia on Facebook. You can look him up and find that. And he has a podcast as well. Does he? Yeah. I love trivia. Do you? Oh, I live for doing it. We're going to many, many trivia. So we'll go to a bunch of trivia week. nights all Simon yeah. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Um, and a lot of uh, cake. What? Do you I like cake? No. No? Mm -mm. Oh, that's right. You're not a desserts person. I do not like sweets. Yeah. Okay. Mm -mm. So we'll just mainly just have like Pizza. carbohydrates. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Perfect. All right. Let's listen to a song. Okay. Let's recover. Listen to a song. I'm stoked. Go on to the next thing. I'm DJ so Shadow thrilled. from the album The Private Press. This is Giving Up the Ghost. Oh. <laughs> Don't be there, Kay. Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. Radio host, copywriter, podcaster, public speaker, small business consultant, teacher. You know Nick as having mad interview skills. Did you know he does many, many other things? If you want to learn more about him and what he's up to, and maybe hire him for a project, visit toacertaindegree.com. Now back to the show. DJ Shadow on WPRK, Warner Park, Florida, giving up the ghost from the album. Is that not how I should say it? Uh, nope, that's fine. Giving up. Hmm. The ghost. Okay. Yeah, keep... Yeah. I wish people could see your eyes right now. <laughs> it's a lot of like... Because they are yeah. rolling. It's Yeah, and they're not even the the brow roll. They're a, no. they're a cheek roll. They, yeah. they go down. Yeah. And that means that's oof, tough stuff. Yep. From the album Private Press. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a special edition of To a Certain Degree called Odd Numbers. Mm -hmm. Is that clear enough? Do you yeah. think people understand that? Yeah. Okay, great. Emily Fontano, my very special guest, mm -hmm. 
She's been on the show multiple times. Yep. This is the first time I've gotten to sit down and talk with her one-on-one. Just by myself. Oh, so great. Uh uh, uh, oh, okay. Ooh, yeah, that was a little much. Yikes. I apologize. <laughs> this is the closest episode, closest, closest episode that I have to Halloween. So it's not much of a Halloween episode. No, I have played some Halloween related you've songs. Played themed songs. Yeah. We talked about costumes, but we talked a little bit about uh, comedy, a little bit mm-hmm. about music. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about um, comedic. What's uh, the word? Tropes. Mm-hmm. Like stuff you get into callbacks or something mm-hmm. like that. You have to know when to do it, how to do it, how often mm. for it to be funny. But I got stuck in a couple of jokes recently. Oh. And I realized how bad they were after the fact. <laughs> okay. And so one of the problems was, one, I didn't fully commit. Uh-huh. That'll do it. That'll be a problem. And the other one was... I didn't know enough about it to make it funny. So it was one of those jokes where we're talking about, uh, it was about a musical, actually, okay. your favorite thing. And so <laughs> the gag that I sometimes fall back to is, oh, is that a is that a thing? You know, like when you're talking about something that's really famous, like you talk about uh, Michael Hamilton. Jackson. Yeah, Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson. You I don't go, think oh, we're talking about Michael Jackson anymore. Uh, but well, okay, gotcha. so sorry, but yeah. Madonna. Oh, is that a thing? Uh, oh, that's who? your bit? Yeah, okay. like that. Hmm. But then what you should do yeah. is, oh, I know of someone who did a song called like Virgin and, you know, you should be able to reference all these other things gotcha, while gotcha, still gotcha. denying. That you know that who this you know person that. is. Yeah. yeah. So I did that with uh, Rent. So somebody said, oh, yeah, you know, from the uh, musical Rent. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, was that a thing? <laughs> yeah. You know, I did my bit. Yeah. But then I don't know anything about it. So literally it wasn't a bit. <laughs> Because I've never seen Rent, so when they were referencing a song, I can't go back and go like... You can't name one other thing about Rent? Zero. Not even one? No, it's a musical. About? People living in New York. There you go. Done. That's another thing that you know. Okay. Okay, can you name one more thing that you you maybe know to be true about Rent? You don't know that one big song? No. But if I sang it, do you think you'd know it? The the light in the attic? No. Is that not it? Is that Shel Silverstein? That's Shel Silverstein Dang for it. sure. Don't they have, isn't Rent the 525,600 minutes? Oh, yeah, I think it is. <laughs> That's all I know. See, so, but if I'd known that. Uh, yeah, but what are you going to do? What are you going to add better. on? It's actually funnier to me that you don't know anything about Rent. <laughs> and that you go, <laughs> is that a thing? And then you legitimately don't know anything but about it. I should have committed to that I, yeah then you have to commit to that yeah. yeah you have to commit to actually not knowing anything about rent the other one was somebody was saying that uh she was taking piano lessons mm-hmm. like her kids were taking piano lessons mm-hmm. she was taking piano lessons and i go well you know i've always wondered now that you're taking piano lessons what are all those keys for that's great yeah but then she wasn't she wasn't Shh. getting it so what i should have done was kept going yeah like yeah no but i mean there's like a b c d e and flats there's and tons sharps of white ones and, there's some black ones yeah so i didn't i just big kept and asking. small i wasn't expecting her not to bite on you know the what fact you're doing was, is like my grandfather used to do bits like that yeah because they were was they, they he really would, doing bits or was he just yes, kind they'd of be delivered very flatly yeah and but it would be yes it would be 100 percent be a bit so what are all those keys for I'm getting i wonder if i'm getting to the age where people just wonder if i'm like getting kind of losing it alzheimer's-y no, you know what I think it is? I think it's like, again, know your audience. That that piano bit would hit. 
with the right person. Right. But, you know, with somebody who is like distracted and has kids and is taking lessons and is like, yeah, the keys are for the playing. I'm too busy. I don't have time for this. You know, like not everyone has time for your bits. Not everyone does. That's a good point. That's an excellent point. But that doesn't mean you stop tossing them out there. Keep throwing them out there. Do more. Do more. A hundred percent. Do bits. Commit. All the time. Yes. Kibitz. Kibitz. Yep. It's, that's going to be your new workshop at Zach Comedy Lab that we're offering. Yeah. It's a 90-minute seminar uh, hosted by Nick Dragudiu, and it's going to be, it's just called Kibitz. <laughs> Committing to bits that aren't necessarily funny to the masses. No, not at all. Um, do you have any bits that you fall back to? <laughs> like, so I'm wondering, so I listen to a lot of podcasts, uh-huh. and there's, there's a couple, there's the feigned surprise so there's one or two that i listen to that are about history or about famous people and they're telling a story usually to an improv comedian Mm -hmm. and who's reacting to it sure and you know i just get tired of one of the bits which is that oh you know oh of course we believed that in the 60s that women shouldn't drive or something like that. Right. Right. Like mm-hmm. they were talking about the first marathon that women ran in. Okay. Which wasn't until the sixties, by the way. And they were afraid uh, that, you know, we could have left it off the list of stuff to do. Their but feminist anyways. parts were going to fall out. That's why women couldn't run. Sure. Yeah. Their feminist sure. parts, their feminine parts, their lady parts, their lady. parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's, there's this feigned like, uh, outrage. Oh. About, you know, I'm just like, okay, can we, let's not do that bit it's every expect- time. Yeah, it's assumed that we all are, you know, we're all on the same page about this. Obviously let's not pretend think, like, yeah. like, yeah. No, I don't think that, you, you know, right when you said like that you lean, I find that it's not bits that I go back and forth to. I find it's certain characters. Oh, so yeah. I do a certain character a lot and it kind of just comes out naturally so a lot of scenes and stuff that I'm doing in show, I lean on this a bit. It's this lady. She talks like this, and this is how she is. And I find that I end up doing that a lot. Yeah. And I have to kind of like, Emily, you're doing her again. So don't be her in this next thing. Be someone else. So is it, are you trying to wean yourself off of her? Like, a little bit because... Basically just do her once per show. And or, then or just like, you know, kind of like, can't you do times. anything else, Emily? Can't yeah. you do anything else? And I can't. I've got a whole bunch of other people I can yeah. be, but you just have she, to remember. I sink into her very easily. Yeah. So that's kind of my, I find I do that and I worry like, oh, she's doing that thing again. You know, yeah. like, oh, we, we come to the shows all the time and she's always doing that lady. Call her Lorna. Ah. But, you know, <laughs> so I, I've been consciously trying to not do her. I wonder if. I can see that. So mm-hmm. I do the same accent, the same characters all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to be like, because, like, I can do a Boston chick. So I'm always like, I'll do yeah. that a lot. Or I can't. And I, I, I'd like to stretch myself past what I'm comfortable doing. Let me let me ask you something mm-hmm. and potentially make a suggestion. Oh. Lorna. Mm-hmm. Is there something more to her? And is that <laughs> your subconscious kind of like, Lorna needs to come out and do well, some stuff? I did a show called Tad and Lorna. Oh, okay. Which is almost a homage to, do you remember the Red Fox Lounge? Sure. Well, I believe her name is Lorna, Merck and Lorna. Yeah. Did not try to steal her 
by the way. So Red Fox Lounge was a wonderful place here in Central Florida. And it was it wasn't it linked to the a hotel? It was the best western yep. right across the street from where uh the Trader Joe's is now on yeah. 1792. Gosh, rest in peace Red Fox Lounge cuz yeah. it was Everyone remembers their first time walking into the Red Fox Lounge and seeing Mark and Lorna. You're like, what is happening in here? Yep. How did nobody tell me about this? When, long story short, I was in Vancouver with one of uh, with a couple performers from SAC. We go every year to this festival, and they give you a 30-minute spotlight set. Like, So you, you just do your own set, and you can do whatever you want. And um, me and an actor, Adam Scharf, uh, he does Scharf and Walden at SAC, we didn't know what to do. So we were like, you know, to hell with it. Let's just be this this couple who's been divorced for 30 years, but we still perform together. And we were Tad and Lorna, and we did this 30-minute cabaret show. And I think that since then, I've wanted her to have just her own life. So, I wanted her to be a character. So I think that there's something right to what you're saying. Yeah, she's trying to burst she's out. She's trying to come out and yeah. have her... She needs her voice heard. She wants to be a thing. And then maybe she'll go away. So you need to lean into Lorna. Do more Lorna shows. Lean into Lorna. Lean into is Lorna the name is of the her. show. Yeah, that's her one woman show. Yes. I worry though that that's been so done. You know. But okay, so let me ask you this: as a comedian, mm -hmm. as someone who you know understand well, uh, is trying to understand the art more, right? Like yes. you, you like the art of it. You're. Would you consider yourself a comedy nerd? Do you watch a lot of stuff? No, not at all. No, 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 no. Okay. Mm -mm. But isn't there something to just trying that just to see if it'll go anywhere? Of course. But again, it's very, you don't have a safety net. So in this city specifically, I find that it's really hard to get an audience immediately to, to, to be on board with something. So you have to kind of, you know, move slowly. And mm -hmm. I'm a restless person and I like instant gratification. So I'm sometimes... And you do improv? <laughs> exactly. I find that I get a little bit anxious at the thought of putting something up that I really work on and pour myself into. Yeah. And have an audience of 60 to 80 people just immediately be like, not into it. Now, an actual artist performer would be like, you know what? I'm going to keep what works. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to fine tune this. I'm going to keep putting it in front of audiences and I'm going to work it out. Not this girl. Okay. The instant that I'm not successful, I'm like, forget it. I had a horrible light. Why would I have ever thought this would have worked? So I'm thinking like a six <laughs> episode arc of a podcast for Lean oh, Into Lorna. Into Lorna? Yeah. Are you going to produce that for me? Yeah. Okay, done. I would 100% But Lean that Into Lorna. <laughs> My guest today, you have a producer character. Yeah, who's always a little bit frustrated yeah. with Lorna because she doesn't. She's always a little late. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't know. A little know. scattered. Yeah. She, she, she's always wearing nylons. <laughs> That's what I imagine. Well, I liked how you were <laughs> using your hands just there because I imagined them on her hands. <laughs> uh, Lorna, your nylons are on your hands yes. again. What do you mean? The just mittens. In, just in case I get sticky fingers. <laughs> sticky fingers. Well, yeah, she's going to steal something. <laughs> She might. She might be a kleptomaniac. She, we don't know what. No, this character. No, I, it's true. I'm saying yeah. she's un, un, undiscovered. <laughs> she's the undiscovered country. She is. From Star Trek. Oh. All right, good. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make a Star Trek reference to the one person who will know none of which I'm talking Do you know about. that I, I do a Star Trek cruise every year? Uh, on purpose? I, I work it. But, I, but since I've been working on it, 
I have become. I'm writing a Star Trek show. Wow. An improvised Star Trek. So you, I need your help because I don't, I don't, I don't know as much as I should. <laughs> Wait, so when you do the cruise, are you in a character or what are you doing on the cruise? This will be the first time that it's going to be a little different. This next time that I go, I will be doing kind of like improv and some comedic elements. Normally, what I've been doing is I've been facilitating the autograph and photograph sessions. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So dealing with some... Actually, but they're the most lovely people because oh, sure. it's because everyone's super psyched it's it's yeah. it's an entire chartered ship yeah and it's all all it is is star trek so, so people are like in there the fans are mostly respectful and oh, the celebrities know why they're there and the celebrities it's different than like a con or anything like that because the celebrities at a, a convention are sequestered and that you don't get any access to them you just walk up you do your thing on the cruise the actors are they're at the buffet they are walking around. They are doing. They do shows. They do their own shows every night. It is amazing. It is a. Hoot it's it sells and out every year. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would imagine. It's crazy. Great. Yeah. Okay. So you thought I didn't know anything about Star Trek, but who was to say? I know a couple things. <laughs> One or two. <laughs> Great. Well, uh, we gotta go. Show's over. <gasps> That's it. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my god. Thank you for not swearing there. What do you think I... <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, that was close. Thank you, Emily Fontano, for uh, being here. Um, thanks, It's Nick. always a pleasure. I... I would book you every week if I could. Oh. Lorna every third week if I could. Lana and Lorna. <laughs> <laughs> it's, my, it's my sincere pleasure. Yeah, but you're amazing. Um, find out what's going on with Amanda and Emily on all of the social medias. You can actually share your stories and there's a good chance that they will include that on their podcast, which mm -hmm. you can get just about anywhere you get podcasts, but mainly, I think, Spotify and iTunes. Mm -hmm. And then you can go visit sac.com, S-A-K.com, to see what's going on at SAC Comedy Lab, where Emily is artistic director, which is a fancy way to say herder of cats. A billion percent accurate. And yes. you can also just find Emily Fontana on Facebook. I'm, I like to talk to people, so just hit you me up. You do like to talk to people. I do. I love it. Yeah. Not on the phone, though. No, definitely not on the mm -mm. phone. Just in person or on social media. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay, so let's leave it with some love and rockets. Love and rockets. Okay, yeah. No, I just wanted to make sure. Good distinction. Yeah. Uh, Haunted When the Minutes Drag from oh. their album Seventh Dream of Teenage Heaven. This was an 80s album. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> Teenagers. Seven minutes. That's something gross. <laughs> Great. You're listening to WPRK Winter Park, Florida. Stay tuned for the Orlando Theater Hour. You have been listening to Odd Numbers. Have a wonderful week. Bye. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. Where do you go from here? Tell your friends about how awesome this episode was. Subscribe to the show wherever you subscribe. I promise I'll stop singing. Also, check out toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A-CertainDegree.com. Just a reminder that this episode and every episode is recorded live on WPRK 91.5 FM. You can listen live every Monday at 7 a.m. on your radio or streaming on the Internet. That's when shows are at peak freshness. Thanks for listening. I'll truly miss our little talks. <laughs>